Dwayne Wade, 26 of all time. Come on, man. The way to top, the way to top three shooting guard of all time, man. It's hard to compare eras, you know what I mean? But like, if you put Katie in the in the 80s or 70s, that he would average 90. What's up, world? Hope everybody's staying safe right now through these trying times. We're here to bring you a little bit of light. Welcome to Go Off, presented by Uninterrupted. I'm your host, Rockets guard, Austin Rivers. With me, as always, is my man, TD, producer. What's happening, Austin, man? Two weeks in a row. You for real this time? Yeah, I'm for real, man. I told you to bring back the podcast, so here we are, second week in a row. We're making this thing happen. Not playing any games. Uh, great episode with Doc last week. That got a lot of love. I don't know if you saw the response on social yes, and did. YouTube comments. Yeah, it was good, man. It was good. We had a lot of content, a lot of stuff that we got to go over. Uh, so I'm hoping everybody loved that last week. We're going to continue this moving forward. And uh, we got a special guest again today. Yeah, and I screenshot some comments so you could see it. It's not just me and Lauren and the rest of the production team telling you to let's be consistent. Some of the fans are like, yo, I hope Austin keeps doing this. I hope Austin keeps doing this. So, okay, dope. Hey, you got to give people what they want, man. As, as Jalen Rose says, another veteran in the podcast space. So, so, is that what Jalen Rose says? Yep, they say that a lot. Shout out to him and Jalen and Jacoby. That's a dope show. But this is your show, so uh, what's on this episode? Oh, man, today we have Seth Curry on the show, big time. Uh, and uh, as many people probably know, uh, we are family, college family, NBA family, and in real life, uh, this past summer, he actually married my sister, Callie. So we got a lot of catching up to do and a lot of fun topics to go over. All right, it's the Blue Devils family edition, Austin, Seth, Rivers, Curry. Let's go off. All right, Seth, uh, thanks for joining us, man. I appreciate you uh, taking some time out of your day. Uh, before we tip off, before we, we go off, I, I got to open up with this. What is the Curry cheat code? What, 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 how do you guys have the cheat code to shooting? I don't know, man. I get asked that question all the time, bro. I don't know. I think it's, it's partly in the blood. Bro, there's something going on, bro. There's something that y'all are not telling the rest of us because y'all are all great at golf. Y'all all can shoot. All great golfers the Ray Allen, your brother, you, your dad. There's something that y'all not telling us that that, that y'all just holding out on. I mean, it's all on the touch. It's all on the, the touch, the fingertips, <laughs> man. It's, it's it's a feeling, man. I don't know. I think me and Steph grew up watching the game and watching watching my pop. So I think we just soaked it all in uh, being around him. Thanks for joining us. What's new with you, man? You know, what? how you been handling this whole lockdown? Uh, man, just, just low-key with it, man. Just been at the house as much as possible trying to follow all the guidelines and all the rules, man. It's been tough. Uh, they probably say the first two weeks was the toughest because I've been going to the gym my whole life. For the last 20 years, I've been going to the gym every day and getting shots up. So I probably went right. two months without getting a, a real basketball workout in <laughs> any shots yeah. up. So that's tough. I know you feel the same way. Yeah, it's been it's been a struggle to say the least. Uh, I talked to my pops last episode. He talked about how Steve Ballmer has got their each player has got a Peloton and a Peloton treadmill and bike and set up weight rooms and workout rooms for everybody, which is crazy. Uh, has what, what, what have you guys done? Have you guys done anything as a group? Do you guys have team meetings, team workouts? What, what are you guys doing right now? Yeah, I mean, they sent us, so like the first couple of weeks, they they let us, they told, asked us what we had at the house and they sent us all the workout equipment for us to 
built our own little personal gyms, whatever we, we needed. Um, and from then on out, they kind of left us alone. They let us do our own thing. We haven't had one real team meeting, really. We had one um, like mental mental health meeting, but other than that, they've they left us alone. Checked on our, our health, obviously, but as far right. as basketball stuff, we haven't talked about it. It's, it's, you can see it's right, funny because all different teams are doing different stuff. Um, like, what have y'all been doing as a team? We haven't done anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I know I know other teams have have had meetings every day. We have team yoga meetings at 10 a.m. on Wednesday. Yeah, they haven't even given us that option. Yeah, okay. So I guess we're not we're not at the bottom of the pack then. We're right there in the middle, I guess. <laughs> um obviously we're t- we're taping on May 16th just in case anything changes, but let's talk about I guess what you have heard in regards to the NBA returning. You know, every there's I feel like every day there's a new myth or a new story, a new theory of what's going to happen with this year's season. What have you heard? Yeah, I'm I'm hearing what I see on Twitter pretty much, you know, I've talked to a couple of people, but they don't, they don't really know any more than the other person. So, um, whatever I hear from the back channels, from, from personal relationships, that's what ends up, ends up getting tweeted out. So, um, right. Everybody knows the same stuff right now. Right. Cause I know Woj and Shams both reported that like LeBron, Giannis, Steph, and I think a couple other people all got in a conference call and started talking. So you, they haven't talked about anything else, like just the usual stuff that everybody yeah. else knows. Yeah, I haven't even talked to Steph about that um, yet. But yeah, I don't think, I mean, they, they were thinking just probably just gauging their, their feelings about things, how they would feel about coming back. And I mean, I don't think no decisions came out of that that meeting. Would you Would you like to do the whole, would you personally like to, to have the season come back or would you just like to just at this point just? Nah, I want to, I want to play, man. I want to play. I want to sit out another, what, six, eight months of, of of not playing any competitive basketball. I mean, I'm ready to go back, whatever, whatever uh, situation that is, whether it's a lockdown or in one city. Um, I want to get because you're on a playoff team, play. obviously. You know, I mean, I think the opinion changes for a lot of players. You know, if you ask someone who's playing on a a non-contending team or a team that's not going to playoffs, who only has eight or nine games left, some of those guys are like, man, we're already too late. Let's just call it. It's so easy for them to say that, but for guys who have put in so much work and play on playoff teams, especially for guys, you know, like us who, you know, sacrifice a lot for playing for a playoff team. You know, we don't put up numbers that we would if we were on, you know, a team that's not a non-playoff team. You know what I mean? Where you get more yeah. shots, more playing time. There's not these superstar players. Obviously, we both play on teams that are heavy field roster teams, but the 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 reward is going to the playoffs. That's that's yeah. that's that's my reward. You know what I mean? That's your reward. Yeah. Um, me personally, and, I don't uh, want to waste a year, man. Like, it's, you only got so many years to play in this league. Right, that's and, right. And you don't want right. to waste a year of uh, opportunity to win a championship to play in the playoffs. I know last year was my first time. You've done it a, a lot more than that. But, um, I mean, that, that feeling of playing a playoff game is special, and I don't want to waste it. Yeah, man. We, talk, we could talk about that in a little bit, how you definitely – obviously, you've had multiple, you know, breakout moments, but I thought last year was your definite time where – you know, you really broke out and, and showed people that obviously you've been shown that you were a good player, but that you could play at that level, at that stage. I mean, you, you look like you've been in the playoffs for like six, seven years, you know, last year, how comfortable you were. Uh, so I know for sure you want to get back out there. Your team is, especially with right now, how even the NBA is, uh, anybody can win. I know everybody has the Lakers being the favorite, but with this break now, the chemistry and everything is just kind of flatlined. So I think everybody starts from scratch and jumps right back in the playoffs kind of fresh like this. I think anything can happen. I would like to take a second and kind of take it back and go before the league. Obviously, we both 
uh, are from basketball families. We grew up in the hoops world, you know, kind of have that basketball royalty background. Um, you know, just talk about growing up, man. Uh, you grew up in the same type of, of background uh, that I come from, uh, the same cloth, I guess, you were cut from. Uh, and, and obviously everybody's different, but I'd like to see your, hear your perspective of how it was growing up with a father like Dale. Yeah, man, it was, it was dope, bro. I was, like you say, you know, I was able to, to, to go into uh, NBA practices uh, from a young age to watch um, NBA players and people doing what they do at the highest level every single day. So I feel like we both were, were soaking up knowledge without even knowing it, you know what I'm saying? Just being around right. those guys, learning so much stuff. And as a kid, you're just having fun. I felt like, obviously, I felt like guys like Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady, were my friends going to the gym because I saw them every day. But, right, um, right, right. They were right. icons. They were icons. So, I mean, it was, it was dope just having a father that played in the NBA. And, um, I mean, obviously brought more eyes and, and more, a little bit more attention and more competition on me playing in, in the city of Charlotte at a young age. But um, it made me better. Growing up, did you see Steph? Obviously, he was a – a really good player, but he wasn't like a highly touted recruited player in high school. You know what I mean? Like y'all one-on-one battles. Were there any flashes of when you guys played that you thought Steph could reach the magnitude or the level that he's, he's reached? I mean, I didn't think he would get to, to this level as good as he got in the league, but he was always very good. He always had the skills he had. Um, right. And he was always a little bit better than me. So he was always pushing I'm, I'm, me to I always want to be better than him. That's when my, uh, my edge and my competitive job came from because I, I felt like he was only like two and a half three years older so I felt like I was close but I could never like really beat him every single time so um, right right that that drove me in um it, it made me better at, at every step of the way just because I was, felt like I was always chasing somebody because I can imagine growing up for playing one to one-on-one you know I got I've gotten to play against my dad but he's you know he's a coach so yeah I haven't gotten that that experience of you went from playing one-on-one to your brother to last year. I mean, that was so fun to watch. I remember sitting at home. I was obviously pissed that we were out the playoffs. But getting to watch you and your brother get to play against each other uh, at that level, how, how fun was that? Oh, that was dope, man. It was, it was dope. Just play at that level, like you said, all eyes on us. Uh, I mean, it was great for the league. They were hyping it up. Um, and it was weird because we, we used to compete and play all the time when we were younger, even up until high school. But once uh, we got to college, we worked out, but we didn't – compete at the same level and play against each other one-on-one as much as, as we did because, I mean, our schedules are hectic. So, um, right. Um, but to match up against him, and it's, it's a little bit different edge. You you, you notice having, having the siblings you do, it's a little bit different edge when you match up against them than, right. than anybody else. <laughs> yeah, it definitely, I think it raised just your level of play. I think it just like, I'm, I'm sure it raised his. Uh, y'all had that little, I don't know which game it was. It was in Golden State. Y'all had that little I think it was it was it overtime. I'll tell you what game it was game three or game no game two and, and go to state. Uh, yeah, yeah, man, that was that was a tough one. We was y'all y'all went like back and forth, hit some shots. Y'all just kept one up in each other with big shot, big shot, big shot, big shot to the point where like Damian Lillard and, and CJ McCollum were like looking for you because you have hit you've already had hit multiple big shots. Uh, you know that's one thing I've actually you know I don't want to switch gears but. I've seen with your game over the past two years, you've inserted yourself as coming into Portland, you know, sixth, seventh man to be, you know, eighth man to be in, in the playoffs where you were like one of the main options. This year in Dallas, you come in, you know, you're fighting for minutes early to where after Luca Porzingis, you were the you were the third option this year. I mean, you were the third guy that, you know, if, if, if Porzingis wasn't having a big game, then they would, you know, 
go to you. You know, if 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 Luca, it seemed like over the course of the season, obviously you guys have a lot of good players uh, that step up for y'all team, but it seemed like you have you're constantly just continuing to get better, uh, which goes to show you everybody's timing is different. Um, but yeah, that, that that was impressive to see last year. Uh, and that was so much fun to watch. I've always dreamed of playing against my brother, so I'm jealous of, uh, uh, in that regard. Yeah, man. Uh, have you ever thought about playing with your brother? Uh, I mean, I've thought about it. I had some uh, earlier in my career. I had some opportunities to to play on the Warriors and and go there and obviously take a much lesser role, have be on uh, having the team stacked the way they had it the last few years. Right, 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 right. Um, nah, I I, I never always turned them down because I never really wanted to play on this team. I rather compete against them. Um, I'm going to be compared to him and, and somewhat in his shadow, whether I'm on this team or not. So it's going to multiply it and, um, if I were on the same team. So I like to create my own path and, and, and do my own thing. Has Steph ever brought that up to you? Has he ever pushed for you, you know, to, to, to play with him? Uh, he's kind of been the other way, too. Like he's he kind of pushed me in the other way, the other direction. He wants me to to create my own path, do my thing. Oh, so he's always pushed you to. Yeah, because right. he, he knows That's- he knows the kind of pressure I, I, I'm I get under when when compared against him and playing against him and and be on the same team. He knows he knows what it would be like. So uh, right, he's kind of pushing me the opposite direction of 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 going my, my own separate way. Yeah, that's that's dope of him actually to do, man. I've I've, I've yeah was telling you I got to play for my pops for a little bit. Obviously, as everybody knows, and it was it was great at times. But once it was done, I think we were both glad it was done, and it's something that. I could never do again. I mean, I could never play for, for, for him and it has nothing to do with him or as a coach. I just, that type of whatever you want to call it, I just couldn't be under it uh, uh, again. But anyways, yeah, that's, that's pretty dope. And it, it's fun to watch you guys compete against each other. something I want to switch into is just your recruiting. Um, obviously, you guys both went the same type of route, but then, you know, you just, you know, alluded to you doing your own path and doing your own steps. You know, S- S- Steph stayed at Davidson, was, you know, able to get drafted there. You were one of the top scorers in the country at Liberty and then totally took that jump to go into the, the biggest college in my eyes. I'm repping it right now just in case people don't know. Uh, you know, the biggest D1 college with the most limelight, and that's Duke University. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, like, I, I was running my own race, um, creating my own journey. And, uh, obviously, I was able to watch Steph and the success he had playing at, at a uh, mid-major level for, for three years. And uh, I just felt like I needed something new after my first year at Liberty. I needed a little bit more of a push because I knew I, I had a chance to play in the NBA one day, but – I didn't feel like I was getting getting ready at, at that level. I don't think I was being right. uh, pushed enough and competing against the, the the good enough players. And I feel like I just wouldn't be ready when it came that time to make that jump to the NBA. So um, it was kind of right. a perfect situation for me to go to Duke and, and play for the best coach in, in college history. That was before the era of where you could go to a small college and get drafted. Unless you had like Steph Curry type numbers where you went to the tournament and put on a show and like had that magical run that Steph did. After that, obviously, he got that type of attention. But nowadays, you could be a Ja Morant, you know, Damian Lillard, a CJ McCollum. All these guys can go to these schools like a Liberty. And if you're, you know, putting up those numbers, I think because of guys like Steph who have paved that way, now you have, a, you know, a multitude of guys coming from small colleges. So Yeah, but for uh, me, it was, no, it was even more about, like, I feel like, like if I put up crazy numbers at Liberty, I probably would have 
got drafted and maybe had a chance to play in the league. But for me, it was about once I got there, would I be ready to play in the league? You know how it is. Like it's, oh, right, it's right, more right, about right. it's more about staying in the league. You can get drafted, but a lot of guys don't in your draft class probably ain't even still in the league. Don't don't make it a few years. And, um, right. I felt like I needed to once I got there, I needed to be ready to have a have a long career and and do prepare me for that. I'm interested to know how Coach K recruited you, you know, or how, how did that go about of you just, you know, because Duke is just so random. You know what I mean? You went from Liberty to Duke, obviously. And then you had to sit out that year. You got to watch Kyrie and, and all these other great guys, Nolan Smith, uh, Kyle Singler. So you had a front row seat at that the year you had to 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 sit out. But talk about that whole process. Uh, announced I was going to transfer and I could have pretty much went anywhere in the, in the country I wanted to, but obviously wanted to stay close to, to home and in the ACC and um, Coach K gave me a call. Uh, went on my visit. He he put up all the different little old Duke highlight tapes that I, I I've seen growing up, watching all the time. The JJ Reddicks, the Trajan Langdon's, um, all those type of guys that I used to, to watch and and, and love that game. So he talked about how I could fit in. He just kind of just wooed me with the with the Duke soft. And when you walk around there, and you you know how it is. You feel you walk in the camera. You feel the just the the aura of of the uh, all the memories and. And you want to be a part of it, so it was, it was, it was a great, uh, a great visit, and uh, it was hard to turn down that Duke, that Duke experience. And for the people who don't know, or I guess you know, not familiar with, obviously, me and you played uh, at Duke together, um, had some amazing times and moments there. You know, I obviously the, the first thing that comes, to, I think, a lot of people's minds is us losing to to CJ, who yeah. was also your teammate in Portland. Did he ever bring that up? Uh, Mad to hear about it. I had to hear about it all the time, man. That's that's literally the highlight of his life right there. Like it's crazy when you hear people talk about um Duke and, and beating Duke. Like they that's one game, like but to us it's it's more about uh trying to win championships and stuff. But um they used to bring it up all the time and it, it's never gonna stop. Yeah, I can't it, it, every year they do like four years since or se- ten years since, eleven years yeah. like every year I get a reminder <laughs> on that date of what happened that day. I still like don't even remember that game. It was like just something that just happened. I don't know how that team was even because if you go back and look at their team, they were terrible. CJ just yeah, CJ just went off on us, man. We couldn't. <laughs> we, were, we weren't ready for it. We we didn't know much about them and coming into it, and they just jumped on us, and we can never get back back over the hump. But we had a lot of ups and downs. But going into that tournament, it felt like something just went right. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what I felt like. Coach K almost had a heart attack that year due to our team. <laughs> We we he, I remember literally he had like chest problems or something like that because he was trying to get a hold of our team. We had yeah. so many issues with that team. I remember he made Andre Dawkins sit crisscross applesauce in the middle of the uh, of the floor <laughs> and made us run sprints around him because Andre was acting up. We had so many uh, uh, team meditation meetings. It's a lot of epic stories and, and, and things, but it's, when you look back, it's crazy how many NBA players we had on that team too. I know that's see that's that's what's more embarrassing because that's what I'm saying. Like you look at their roster, and then you looked at our roster. We had five or six pros on one team. Mm-hmm. You know they had one, um, and we just I remember a warm up line. Quinn, I remember I told Quinn about this the other day. Quinn was at the back of the warm up line, a layup line, and you know so. Some guys in their team was too. I remember the dude was like shaking his head like this, like they were ready to play us. Quinn goes, man, y'all suck. We better beat y'all by 30. <laughs> and then like, it was like second half of the game. We was down like eight. I looked at Quinn. Quinn goes, hey man, we can't let this happen, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I said, bro, this ain't looking good, man. 
they just every shot went. But you know how it is. Once you give those type of teams, it's like an AAU. You know an AAU when you play those bad teams, but they yeah. you 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 fuck around and, and mess around with the team, and then now fourth quarter you in a dog fight, and at that point anything can happen. That's yeah, exactly gave, what gave happened. Gave that confidence, and they ran with it. Like I said, one hundred percent. If we would have just jumped on them from the jump, the whole game. One hundred percent. If we would have jumped on from the jump, that game would have been dead. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about that game anymore. Obviously, the Lehigh moment is is a stain on, and uh, I think on everybody at Duke at that time's reputation. I remember going back to school that next week. Everybody was just embarrassed. I don't think anybody went to class that entire week when we lost to Lehigh. I, I felt like I was in my in my room in my apartment for like a week after that. I was, <laughs> I was embarrassed to, to 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 lose first round, bro. First round, we lost first round. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, we, and the next week, us guys, I'm not you, but the guys who had to come back next year, we were back in in individual workouts. The next week, going oh hard, my god, super hard. I know Wojo and and CC. Oh man, I don't even yeah. want to know what those were like. Yeah, it was rough. It was let's rough. talk about let's talk about, let's talk about some happy moments. Uh, uh, we could talk about. The Carolina game, obviously the buzzer beater at Carolina. We could talk about the Kansas, uh, the Maui. You know, I think those are probably definitely the two highlights of that year. Um, And then actually what, you know, people probably don't know is after that Carolina game is me and you personally kind of went on a streak. I mean, it was like North Carolina State, Virginia, you know, all these games, me and you really like put the team kind of on our back. But uh, talk about about the Maui since that happened first, just – yeah, us winning that Maui tournament. Tyler hitting that shot. Yeah, that was. A, I mean, that was a good time. Like we went out to to Maui, obviously Hawaii, uh, winning yeah. that tournament. Um, I mean, that was a, a great memory for us as a team. Get that season started off right. Uh, but yeah, but like you said, after that Carolina game, there was a lot of moments where we had that one-two punch going. I mean, the NC State game was probably one of my favorite games of, my, of that yeah, year. For sure, uh, we were down big and at home in Cameron, and and we just went back and forth and. And got us back into that game and ended up winning it. So, um, I mean, we had a lot of epic one-two uh, punch moments back in the day. And I thought me and you were one of the most underrated backcourt uh, duos um, that season. I thought we were one or two or three, however you want to put us. But they had all these other teams and other duos. But I didn't think anybody could really fuck with us, to be completely honest. I feel like if we went against anybody, we could handle our own. It, it, you know, we talk about that Carolina game. I, I always try to t- explain to everybody. We we went into that game just trying to compete. Uh, I tell people this all the time. They they were a much better team. I mean, I mean, they, they were. I want to say a much better team. But they were a better team. I mean, they had five or six pros too, and and they had some good, really good college players. Uh, and they were long and athletic. They had played together for a while. Um, you know, just talk about that game and how it happened because we were down like yeah. thirteen, with like three minutes left, and then somehow came back. I don't know how that. It was just weird. It just happened. Yeah, one of the dope things about the quarantine is you, they replaying a lot of old games on ESPN. So I'll probably watch that game like two or three times uh, <laughs> right. in the past two months. But uh, yeah, I was talking to, to Nolan the other day about those Carolina teams. And they were, like you said, stacked, man. They had seven, eight first round draft picks, like NBA size lineups. And, and when you go on the floor with them, you feel like like they're a good team today. You got you to gotta bring it. So um, that first Carolina game on the, on the road. Uh, we're down big, like you said, and I, I, I just remember, I, like, I hit a three um, to cut to, like, eight or something like that, and I looked up at the clock, and I was like, oh, we still got a chance, because I felt like the game was over, like, we were, we were down so right. much, and it was like, oh, we still got a chance, and then, like, the perfect storm uh, to get us back in, and obviously, you coming down, making that crazy, that crazy big-time shot on the road, man, uh, and it's, 
Uh, it's an epic that video, clip. epic clips of me and you already know what it is. Me in the corner waving you on. Yeah, you in the corner yelling at me to go. <laughs> you in the corner like, bro, go, go. I remember after the game, you were just like, I didn't even, I didn't even see you, bro. Like, some people were saying I wanted the ball. Some people, were, it was a whole bunch of different right, things right. that people were thinking I was saying. But I was like, yo, this guy, it's, it's two seconds on the clock, and you're backing up to, to get your, yeah. moment, get your. Uh, your rhythm and your, your feet right, but um, all the people who knew my game knew I was gonna shoot that step, that little uh, stutter three. Yeah, like that's why I was backing up into it. But I think the play was for us not to go for the winners to tie. Yeah, so like I think everybody was like, go, go, like go to the basket, and like I honestly remember this. I remember like honestly, I'm not even kidding. I remember getting that ball, and there was no way I was passing the ball. I'm just going to keep it buck with y'all. I was, unless it was like someone wide open. Like, cause I remember Andre, the play was actually, Andre Dawkins was supposed to come off like a down screen. Yeah. I didn't even look that direction, bro. Like it wasn't happening. And then I was just like, or oh, I had Tyler Zeller on me. Yeah, Dre was clapping for it. That's why I'm, you had a big on you. So I know you you can walk around him and get to the lane and we down right. two or whatever it is. So I'm like, I'm thinking. I just know how it goes with John Henson at the basket. All he said, I was just like, man, I'm not trying to. So I just backed up and I was like, also, I swear I was thinking to myself, I was like, I don't know. We barely hung in that game. So, like, I don't know if we go yeah. to overtime, like, how we would fare. Like, so I was just like, I'm trying to, at that point, it's just like, I'm just going to go for it. Uh, yeah, they were the better teams for sure. But I just remember as soon as you released that, I, I, I knew it was going in off the fingertips, man. So I was already, I was already coming right. down the court, um, ready to celebrate. Yeah, because you tackled, you tackled me first. I hit the shot. And I didn't even know what to do. I thought there was more time left. I just like looked at the crowd. I turned around. You had just grabbed me, and then like a whole team just that man. That was a. I remember Quinn's talking crazy to crap. That was a hell of a game. Yeah, that man. turned us around and should have propelled us in the right way. Because after that, we played really, really well. Because we had lost to Miami two or three days before that. Yeah, I mean, you could hear a pin drop in there after that. Yeah, it was. Oh my God, that was yeah. the craziest moment in terms of how silent. Because that gym went from the, being the loudest to the quiet. Most quiet gym I've ever seen, man. It was, it was, it was crazy. Or heard that was crazy. Sticking with the college segment, I, I, I really am actually interested in your opinion, especially since you've been there. What are your thoughts on kids skipping college to go to the G League? I think it's another good to have another, um, another route, another path to the league if you want to take it. I mean, obviously, I went trade my my journey. I know I, I played four years in college, so um, I mean, I, there's so many memories. I, it's about the business and about the money these days more than it has ever been. But uh, some of those memories right. I got in college, I, I, I know I wouldn't get. I wouldn't trade it for, for money. So, um, so so you wouldn't, if you could do it all over again, you would, you wouldn't, if you had the chance to go to, straight to the G League, you would you would still go to Duke and... Yeah, I, pro- I probably would. Yeah, I probably would go to college, man, personally, me personally, because it's, it's about the memories just preparing me for the league. And I was in a totally different right. situation. Like, I knew I, I wasn't ready for the NBA. So, um, right. if those kids really feel like they... They ready for the NBA and can play and, and stick when they get the opportunity and they get there. Then why not go and get paid right away? And you think you think the NCAA is in trouble with this type of stuff? Because like this has been something that's been explored the past couple of years. You had guys going overseas, you know, Brandon Jennings, Emmanuel Moutier, Lamelo Ball, whatever. But now straight to the G League, we're talking about the number one player is going, and, and then like the number three player, number five player. Like it's becoming more and more aggressive to where. I, I fear that college basketball is going to start missing out on some of the most exciting players. Yeah, and they might be in trouble because they, I mean, just like the league, they market the best teams, they market the best players, and, and they need some star right. talent to get people to watch. Like, it's the, the talent level has definitely fallen off over, over the past few years. 100%. As far as, as, far as college basketball, I, I know you, you a guy that's like in, that were in that situation where you were one of the top players in the country, 
and you could have went that route. Like, what would you do if if that was the situation right now? I honestly can't even answer that question. I swear I can't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think as a maturity standpoint, I was ready for the NBA to go out of high school. Everybody's different. You know what I mean? I didn't have the frame of LeBron James or Dwight Howard had. I, I didn't have that type of ability. You know what I mean? I was 6'3 at the time. I was super skinny. Um, I, I needed college basketball. Just not even just not only from the physical standpoint, for the mental standpoint of learning just how to mature uh, I, I needed college personally. Yeah. Um, so if I if I had to take it all back, I mean, you remember how it was. Yeah, but just off the potential, you would have you would have got an opportunity. You would have made a little bit of money and right. got a chance to right. play in the league. Right, right. I mean, yeah. If they would have if they would allowed us to go straight from high school, I, I you can make the case I might have went even farther in the draft. Like I would have maybe went top five. Mm-hmm. You know, I was number one or two behind me and Anthony Davis. Like, but I don't think at a physical and maturity standpoint, I was ready to come out of high school. Um, I needed Duke. I, I learned so much in that one year. People always ask me, what can you learn in one year? I learned a lot. You know, sticking with, you know, you making the best choices for you in your career, um, you know, about college, high school, you know, setting your own path. What, what was your thought process of last year uh, in the summertime of free agency and why Dallas uh, seemed like the right fit for you, and, and clearly you made that choice, and it was the right one because you you fit in great there. Yeah, it, it was dope, and I was excited about it because the first time in my career, like I would actually to choose where I wanted to go. I had a, uh, a few options, and, and um, I mean, I had a, the list of things that I wanted out of a team that I'd go to, and obviously wanted to be wanted, wanted to make some money, get paid, and um, right. and obviously find a good role that's that's that'll fit my game and somewhere I'm comfortable in. And lastly, I want to go to a city that I that I love. You know what I'm saying? I got a, a family now, so I got to be somewhere they want to be um, if I got a right. choice. So, um, you know what I'm saying? No it, state it, tax? It, yeah, no state tax. is another love. You, know, <laughs> you all know about that being in Texas. But, uh, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it was it was easy come come time once Dallas got in the race. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a great organization. Was it something where you talked to Mark or, you know, you talked to Rick and, and just felt like a connection right away or you just felt like a trust Right away. Yeah, I mean, I, I talked to obviously Mark and, and um, Donnie Nelson and and Rick uh, called me and talked to me and just how they envisioned me back in the system and, and how much they wanted me to be a part of it and um, and then I just got on the phone with all the people that whose opinions I trust as far as who know the game. So I, I mean, I got on the phone with my pops. Um, I, I talked to your pops about it. You know what I'm saying he knows um, as much as anybody about the league and about the game. Right. So, um, I try to just use those relationships and, and make the best decision possible. What other teams were in like consideration or what teams did you have good energy from? I'm sure Portland was another one that you felt like possibly you would come back there after the success you had there. Yeah, uh, there was a few different teams. I know the Lakers were a team. It seemed like a long time ago, but the Lakers were a team. They trying to fill out their roster with with shooters and guys that could help, help Brian and AB. Um, um, but that they were a team. There was a few others. Like I said, I can't, it's hard to remember, but um, – um, I remember Houston. Wasn't Houston one of the teams that was kind of looking at you a little bit? Yeah, I had a couple of discuss, uh, talks with Houston early on. Um, I mean, that would have been good. Obviously, that system, just getting up shots and, yeah. and running and gunning yeah. would be fun to play in, too. I guess to go right into that, you know, you talk about running and gunning and, 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 and shooting threes and not. There's definitely a similarity between our teams. Uh, obviously, I play with James Harden, you know, very ball-dominant guy. They, they say Luke is like the the... the the white James Hard, you know, he's got the step back, you know, a lethal score, one of the best players. You know, how is it playing with him? Man, it's great, man. Luca, a young dude who's 
who's like beyond his years as far as he's, he, he never gets uh, scared under pressure. He, he plays big in big games. And he's, I mean, he's done it over and over and over in, in big situations. So, um, right. I mean, him and James are very similar in the way they, they dominate the ball. They got the ball a lot. They make right. uh, probably 75% of the plays throughout the game. And, right. and they put up big numbers. And, I mean, it's, it's hard to take the ball out of their hands because they, they, they do it over and over every single night. So, you just got to be ready when the ball comes to you. <laughs> to say the least. Because you don't know when it's coming, but when it's coming, you got to yeah. – those are your opportunities. Um, would you say Lucas – the best player you've ever played with? Or would you, is it close between him and Damian? Like, it's, you can go either or. I mean, Dame's done it in the playoffs. So I got to give it to Dame right now, man. Dame is, yes. uh, he's he's established. He's a I mean, multi-time All-Star. He's, like I said, he, he, he's advances in the playoffs. I'm giving it to Dame. But Luka's all his way. He got to, he, he can be one of the best to ever do it when it's all said and done. Did he surprise you with his level of play? Like, you knew he was good, but did you think he was that good, like, when you played him? Yeah, but I knew, like, as soon as, you, you know, you get to the team early on and, Right before training camp, he stopped playing pickup games. Right. And I just knew he was, he was better than I thought after the first couple of days of pickup because it was just so easy for him. He was The way he sees the right. floor is like it's similar to LeBron. He's so big, he can see everything, and then he can make the passes too. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, you got right. so other point guards and guards who they can pass the ball and they can see some stuff, but they can't always get it there because they don't have the size or, or right. whatever creativity. But he his passing is ridiculous, man. Yeah. He's a he he surprised me with his his shiftiness. I mean, we played him yeah. early this year when he gave us forty, uh, and we were our whole team had a chance to try to stop him. It seemed like each guy had their opportunity. He just it did not matter to him. He was just giving it to everybody. So yeah, but him and James is something they so they both so big and stronger than they think. So I mean, you got to guard them like it's those step backs that they do going both ways. It's it's just yeah, tough because you can body. be right there and they can still knock it down. Right, and you talk about you know, playing styles, you know, we both talk about the similarities and, and how the NBA is now, I guess. But what, what is your opinion? Obviously, coming from a shooter like you, you, your dad, Steph, you know, how do you guys feel the game has evolved? Do you like it? Do you think it's better for the NBA that it's now mostly layups and threes? You know, three points, yeah. three pointers dominate the league. Do you like the way? Do you think it's favored, obviously, guys like you? Or do you part you wish it was like the early 90s? You know, we watched this last dance and you see how physical and when they hit a three in those games, you can see the crowd go crazy. Yeah. It was like, oh, my God, he hit a three. Like, now our guys are shooting 63s a game, the whole t- or a team is shooting 63. You know, it's crazy. What do you think? I mean, it's, it's developed, but I think for the better, man, it's, it's, I think it's more entertaining to watch um, these days because those, those games in, back in the day would just drag out, like, 80 to 85 games. And- yeah, I, that was the biggest thing. From watching the last dance, everybody's asked me, like, all these opinions. I'm like, do y'all not pay attention to the final scores of these games? It was, like, 84-79. Yeah. We got teams scoring 74 at halftime, and then that's when people are like, oh, well, y'all don't play any defense. Like, bro, we, we really do play defense. It's just the game has just changed. Nah, defense is good. Like, you see the Jordan highlights, but if you go back and watch the game, I'm going back and watch some of those games on, like, YouTube or whatever, Games like they're boring at certain stretches of the game because nobody can score. Like it's, it's so physical and 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 they play so slow a pace that nobody can score. But I mean, as the the pace has gone up, and so many more three pointers, it's it's definitely better for my game just and what I do. You know, what I'm saying I don't gotta to bang as much. I can use my skill and my and my shooting to stretch the floor and it's open up uh, more opportunities for guys like me. I can thank Steph for that, too. Obviously, I think that Suns team with D'Antoni, I think Mike's actually doesn't get enough credit, D'Antoni, for yeah. being one of the originators of this. Uh, everybody always talks about, you know, Steph and Clay and that team, as rightfully so. But 
Mike D'Antoni was really one of the original pioneers of like changing the game and playing this fast pace. That Phoenix team, all they did was fire threes, shoot threes, shoot threes. They just didn't have the personnel that obviously Steph and Clay and Kevin and all these other guys have. But obviously your, your brother's the one that really put it on the map to where the league had to catch up. It's a copycat league. You know, we all know that. And as soon as the Warriors had this team. Yeah, those teams were close, man. They were close to win. They were, they were good enough to win championships back then. They just had some bad breaks yeah. um, going against yeah. a couple of teams. But, I mean, Mike, don't, he don't get the credit he deserves. It's to the point now, I mean, obviously our team is extreme. I think the Rockets have gotten so far that way. Uh, you know, we, we're actually, we don't even have a big man anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, we, <laughs> our, we'll see how that works out, if, you know, when, when this returns. Because that's, that's the, you know, we, it's, it's crazy. Bro, I totally forgot about that. Like, the season ended, like, a couple weeks after y'all started doing that, I totally forgot y'all just threw the center position out the window and, no, and doing it. I'm literally way. down there boxing out, like, JaVale McGee and, like, <laughs> It's just like, I don't even know what I'm doing down here, bro. I mean, we we do it. We get it done. We figure it out. But each game, man, it's, it's, it's just different. But that's why we need the playoffs. I want to see how this is, how that's going to work, man. Because y'all playing good <laughs> basketball, I want to see how it happens, what happens in the playoffs, man. Cause. Yeah, because you could beat anybody in one game. You know what I mean? We I remember the first time we went small ball, we played the Lakers, and we beat them. And everybody was like, oh, man, the small ball. And then we, we lost like three or four in a row. So then everybody was like, uh-oh, is this not working? Playing a team seven times, like we play against, because I think right now we're matched up with the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Like we got to play Jokic for seven, you know, it's probably like a five, six, seven game series, you know, one way or the other. Like playing against somebody like that, I wonder how it would fare for him or us because it's either going to work really well or it's not going to work. You know what I mean? Obviously, as a player in the team, I believe it's going to work. I have faith in our coach and in our system, but it'll be difficult. It, it'd be crazy. Yeah, I think it's crazy. It's dope to see. Mike always the one jumping out the window trying new stuff, so. Uh, yeah, yeah. Him and Daryl Morey, man, they they pushing that envelope. Uh, you know, I wanna I wanna ask you a question about something. This is something that I don't pay attention to personally. I'll be honest with you, I do, I can't stand this shit. But I've been seeing this on Instagram and stuff over the past week. These all time rankings. Okay, they have these player all time rankings. First off, every year they do current player rankings, and it's ridiculous to the point now. I don't even think players pay attention to it. Yeah. But because we have this time off, and I think this last dance docu series, now everybody wants to know who's the greatest of all time. They have MJ one, LeBron two, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think anybody has a problem with that. You could flip those if you want, but one one of the other MJ or LeBron are usually one or two. I think in everybody's mind, they have Kobe nine. They have Kobe nine. They have your brother, 13. They have Katie, 14. They have Kawhi Leonard, 25, but Dwayne Wade, 26. <laughs> I only, I always say this when people try to argue with me about basketball and rings and stuff. There's a handful of people I argue with who I respect their opinion. If it, and whoever made that article is not one of them. So I really don't want to argue it, but I'm going to that, that Kobe win is, is kind of disrespectful, man. There's, there's, you know, I always, I told someone the other day, like, if you, are a current player in the NBA, I'll have this discussion with you. All right. If you coach yeah. in the NBA, I'll have this discussion with you. If you did not play in the NBA or coach the NBA, I don't care what your opinion is about the all-time greatest. I really don't yeah. care. You don't know. I, I don't give a fuck if you've studied the game of basketball, whatever the case may be. You've never played. You don't know what it's like playing or working on your craft at that level or competing against those guys. This list was clearly made by guys who didn't make their JV basketball team. You have Dwayne Wade. 26 of all time. Come on, man. Kawhi Leonard's a great player. Unbelievable player. I love Kawhi Leonard. He's one of my favorite players in today's game. You can put him easily top five. He's 25. 
Yeah, the way the top three shooting guard of all time. The, the, yeah, I don't, I don't, the disrespect is just like, and then Giannis is 27. He's right, there's yeah, no way, again, Giannis, on, is, Giannis <laughs> is on that way. Giannis is on that way. Uh, he's an unbelievable player, but like, there's no way Dwayne Wade should be slotted one slot in front of Giannis. He's just done too much. Gian, and Giannis hasn't yet. I'm sure he will, and this, this, this list will change five years from now. But like, Dwayne Wade should be somewhere around the top 10. Uh, that's just my current. That's just my opinion. Maybe not the top ten, but uh, either in the top ten or around there, top fifteen, something like that. You know, you could even make the argument with your brother and, and KD. It's hard to compare eras. You know what I mean? But like, if you put KD in the in the eighties or seventies, that he would average ninety. So that's the question, right? So I'm neither an expert nor a player, but there's a bunch of people like myself who are going to listen to this, listen to this as long as well as Lauren, our other producer. Who are like, well, I have my thoughts and opinions and I think I know the game too. But from you guys' perspective, what do you think you guys see as players that put your opinion above experts and fans? Like, I'm not calling it out. Just be honest. Like, what do you guys think you're seeing? When you play at this level, you know what like what a player is and what a player's not. Like, again, I didn't play against Bill Russell. So, you know what? If you want to talk about Bill Russell, that's fair. When it comes to talking about Dwayne Wade, we see the game differently. Clearly. That would be like me... If I watch 10 episodes of ER and Grey's Anatomy, I don't know as much as a fucking surgeon. I'm not going to go in there and just because I've watched 10 seasons straight of ER and Grey's Anatomy, I can't go in here and I can have a conversation with you about having surgeries and stuff. You don't think he sees things a little differently than us? Like, yeah, there are certain things you can't quantify with with numbers and and by just watching something, you got to experience yourself. You got to match up like being on the floor with certain guys. You know how how good they are, how they get down. And I'm not, I'm not going to say I don't respect anybody's opinion. You've never played in the NBA, but you get a little extra boost if you played in it and you've been through the, through the, um, through the realm and the grind. That's the perfect way of putting it. I think everybody has a right to have an opinion. And I think everybody's opinion should be valued to a certain extent, including these so-called experts at ESPN. But I think with that being said, these experts are the same guys who probably, you know, didn't make their JV basketball team. And these are guys who didn't play in the NBA. I do think players should make this list. I think ex-players should make this list. I would love to hear from uh, whatever former NBA player. I wish that they did a panel together and made this list. That's the type of experts I would like to listen to or, or, or have a debate with. Not a bunch of guys who never played before. Not that I don't value their opinion, but I definitely think if you've played in the NBA or coached the NBA, your, your opinion should be valued or, or is at a higher level. I mean, am I not saying anything? Am I saying anything out of pocket here? No, you're not. And you're going to get your wish. You guys are going to rank your top five in the game today because you want the players to make the list. But the question I have for you guys is just, again, this is really good insight. But again, the audience is going to listen and ask these questions. I tend to believe players tend to overvalue guys who are like go-to scorers, the one-on-one guys. Like I remember when it was Donovan Mitchell versus Ben Simmons for Rookie of the Year. A lot of players that I talked to went with Donovan Mitchell for Rookie of the Year. But Ben Simmons won. Same year with Steph and James Harden going in for MVP. A lot of the players, actually the NBA Player Awards, picked James Harden for you know for that MVP award, but Steph got it. A lot of that is, is, is clouded by personal feelings not you know what i'm saying that's that's when the Correct. problem comes in where i don't like a certain guy or i'm jealous of a certain guy so i'm going to just vote in that in that sense that's the problem that's why i don't mind using nba players i'll, I'll say this 
I don't mind using NBA players for an all-time list because a lot of it are players that they didn't go against. I don't. I wouldn't use players for a current list because NBA players are too competitive and our egos are too big. They're going to leave out certain guys or notch guys back just due to personal views. A lot of people didn't like, I shouldn't say people, a lot of players, I, I don't want to say they didn't like Steph when he won. They were they didn't like how much winning and success was happening to him so fast. That that that, or how the media portrayed Steph as being so perfect and this and this and this and this and that had nothing to do with whether they actually thought he should be MVP or not. And that had a lot of say in whether they voted for him or not. You know what I'm saying? So uh, again, you know, and, and James, you can make the that that, that way could have gone either way. You know, they they both have could have won. MVPs the last four years, James and Steph have been the two best players along with LeBron. They could have won at any time. That's why I like how the NBA does it the right way when it comes to All Star vote. You give players or whatever a majority of vote, and you give the the media and and some fans some some way in as well. You know what I'm saying? I like the current setup of the All Star voting. Yeah, I don't mind it. The media and these so called experts who never played a game, they're not objective either. They have they have agendas. They got people they like more than others. And people, they want to see win MVP over other people. And that's just the way it's going to be. Like, people are human. They're, going, they're not winning everything objective, objectively when it comes to who they think is the, the, the top 100 players in, of all time. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, I think, it, you know, obviously it's impossible. But the way they do the all-star thing, like you just alluded to, you know, you have the media, you have the fans, you have players. Everybody kind of gets their turn and you kind of combine that. And, and it, they usually get it right for the all-star. I think Brad Beal last year not being in the all-star game was absurd. Brad Beal should have been a you could make the case you should have been a starter in the all-star game. Um, but obviously his team success. Yeah, but that's, that's the coach's vote. That's the coach's vote when it comes to the reserve. Right? Yeah, that's, that's that to me, that's, that, that didn't make sense. There's, there's no way in, 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 in hell Brad Beal shouldn't be uh, an all-star. He averaged 30 a game. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, I, I don't, that's, that's <laughs> I don't even want to, there's nothing nobody can tell me. Most players when they have 30, they go out to dinner after and they celebrate their family. Like I had a career high, I had an amazing night. I scored 30. My man averaged 30. Uh, every single night went in the All-Star game. But uh, I wish they could do that for this all-time voting where like everybody can like combine, but it's just not an important enough topic to where they're going to do that. I would like to rank our top five. I would like you to go first. What What, what is your top five of all time? All time, my top five. And this is my top five. And I got <laughs> go ahead. one. I gotta, you got to preface it with this is mine, man. I want to hear all y'all's opinion. No, 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 no. This is Seth Curry's top five. Right, Fuck what got, anybody else thinks. This is you. I ain't jumping out the window here. We got MJ, Brian, Tim Duncan, Shaq, and Magic. You know what I'm saying? The order, the order in that after MJ and Brian is, is, is cool, but that's my top five right there. That's pretty solid. That's pretty solid. I don't, I don't mind that list at all. I, I, I'm going to go... Mine's very similar in terms of the top two. I personally do believe Michael Jordan's the greatest player of all time. Uh, I actually don't think it's, I mean, I guess you could say it's close, but I just think MJ's, he's the GOAT um, for just a multitude of reasons. Number two would be LeBron James, easily. Number three for me is Kobe Bryant. I, I, I'm just such a Kobe fan. And again, I, I, it's, I'm so biased because I'm picking guys in my air, but this is just what I believe. Uh, four for me would be Kareem. And five for me would would, would, be, would be magic. And it's tough. Like Kareem, like I leave Kareem out, man. It's how you leave Kareem out. It's after MJ and Brian, it's it's like six is 
five or six dudes that can be the last three in that top five to me. Yeah, so that's a, that's the thing. Like I'm leaving Larry Bird out. I'm leaving Tim Duncan out. Either of those guys could be there. I mean, you can make the argument. We don't know. But in five years from now, uh, your brother uh, could be in this conversation. Uh, KD could be in this conversation. That's why even them having them at 13, 14, in my eyes, is, is absurd. Uh, you know, I, I, I'll be honest. I have so much respect for guys like Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell. That's just too far past my era. I've seen so much footage of Kareem and Magic growing up with my pops, and I'm sure you do with yours. It's not too far away. The Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, I'm just not knowledgeable enough in terms of like knowing their game that well and to where I can compare. And even if I am, that era of basketball is just so much different to this. Uh, I can't even compare. I mean, they had like, at one point, there's like eight teams in the league. I mean, it's just like. Yeah, it's a little different. He's playing against six six guys. He's seven foot. I, I again, I'm not taking anything against Wilt and Bill. It, I, I will say this to in their defense, they both get penalized for being an heirs. They can't control what air they were brought up in. You know what I mean? Like Bill Russell's not at. It's not his fault he grew up in that air. It's not Wilt's fault that he dominated the league. I mean, that, they can only control what they control. So I guess if that, in that sense, they both could easily be in the top five. I just uh, it's just too much behind me. I, I can't I can't put them in there. So I put Magic and Kareem in my top five. But that your top five is pretty good. I I, I like Tim Tim. Yeah, Tim I underrated, man. I think he's most underrated, one of the most underrated guys. Because his style of play wasn't wasn't pretty good. Tim Tim had the least sexiest game to ever watch. Uh facts. You know, you watch the Spurs play and you just be like, you know, this is just but their basketball actually, if you're a fan of actual basketball, it was beautiful basketball. Yeah, it, was, it was boring, but it, they Tim was a problem, man. He was a problem every year. Yeah, Tim was a problem. Yeah, he got it done. All right, yeah, man. Just to wrap this up, Seth, again, I appreciate your time. We're going we're gonna to wrap this up with rapid-fire questions, and you don't have to go into too, de- too much detail about these questions, but these are just fun little questions I think a lot of fans and people of yours uh, would like to know. What personal item can you not leave behind when you go on road trips? My Xbox. <laughs> Xbox. I should have known this. I should have known this as a <laughs> professional streamer. Seth got to have his Xbox. Is that something you do just because it takes you away from everything and something for you to get lost into? Just, yeah, just I can stay them. in my room, order my food, and play video games for, for most of the night. You know, I'm trying to stay out the street, stay in the room, relax. Just stay and, out of trouble. Be fresh, for the, be fresh for the next day, man. I feel you. Okay, fair enough. How often do you change your basketball shoes? Often I change my basketball shoes? Uh, probably every, every two, three games, man. I got a lot of kicks from, from under arm and I, they just keep throwing me. So, um, and I kind of like, if I have a good game and I'll come back to those shoes, but I change them once two two every three games, every two or three games. Okay. What, what movie have you watched the most times, I guess ever in your life? What movie have you turned on and watched the most? What's your go-to or favorite Ooh. movie? I say Blue Street. Blue Street. Okay. Classic. Blue Street. Yeah, man. Growing up, we used to watch that every day. Are you a Martin Lawrence fan? Oh yeah. So to piggyback off that, what's your favorite basketball movie of all time? Favorite basketball movie is probably uh, Love and Basketball. Okay, yeah, that is a pretty good one. I do like Love and Basketball. Okay. What is your hidden talent? My hidden talent? Man, yeah. my hidden talent probably, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm pretty good at hunting and fishing. You know what I'm saying? I used to go out. Um, you know how to hunt? Into the, into the woods. Yeah, I can hunt and fish a little bit. My dad's a country country dude, so he used to take me with him. So this is a secret to y'all shooting. Y'all actually shoot for real. <laughs> hey, on and off the court, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> little dove hunting, deer hunting. Okay, you know what I'm saying I want to get killed by Peter, but you know, right, 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 right. Shout out to Peter, man. <laughs> what's uh, 
What's your, what's your, uh, I guess that is, so that is your hidden talent is really is hunting and fishing. I mean, I'm not going to call it talent, but I'm, I'm not bad. Nah, at people do that for a living. I, I would say that's a that's talent. True. That's true. Okay. So something you wish you were good at, but you're not. Uh, I wish I could sing a little bit better, man. I like yeah. to sing around the crib, um, in my room, but I know I'm horrible. I'm, I'm realistic about it. If I could have one thing in my life, I wish I could do that. If I could, if I could sing, it'd be over with. It'd be over with. You'd be true light skinned. Would you have an album out? Of course, of course. <laughs> I be I be providing all the hooks for everybody out there right now. At at the top of your head, what would your R now? What what would your your R and B album? What would the name be? It's tough. I don't know. There's some some be a light skin assassin. I don't know. Yeah, light some, I don't assassin. know. Name. It'd be some I curry in the sauce. names. The curry sauce. Yes, you know, something like that. that. Late nights with Curry, or I, I don't know what it's gonna be. <laughs> What's your favorite go-to R&B song? Favorite go-to R&B song? Uh, anything Drake, man. And Drake is that's my guy, man. Anything Drake, rap, R&B, pop, man. Here you go. In college, you played "Take Care" more than anybody I've ever heard in my life. I mean, you literally almost ruined to, to "Take Care" for me. I, I every <laughs> single day. Every day, that's all this guy listened to. I'm still playing it. I'm still playing it. You still playing it? <laughs> all right, last question. Once the lockdown is completely over, the first place you're going to is? I'm not going to say the gym because. Right, right. That's, that's, that's the um, cliche, but probably on vacation, man. I'm going to Mexico Cabo or somewhere and, and kick back and relax, man. I can't wait to get back out of the country. Just start traveling again and being normal, doing the things that you Facts. used to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's fair enough. All right, man. Shit. That's it, man. I uh, I appreciate you coming on here, taking time, man. I know you got a lot going on. Yes, sir, bro. Appreciate y'all time, man. Y'all take it easy. All right, man. That's a wrap. Thanks again, Seth, for coming on and, and giving us a great interview. As promised, during this lockdown, I'll be dropping episodes every week with special guests. Tune into that. It's going to be great. This is going to keep just getting better and better. Make sure to subscribe and rate the show five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, and again, man, please, you know, share this on your Twitter. Uh, hashtag go off. If you tweet at me, Austin Rivers 25 or at Uninterrupted, we will retweet. You know, we're, we're trying to grow this and, and continue to build this podcast. So we're all in this together. I'll be back next week. I will be back next week with a brand new guest. Uh, so until then, I'm out. Stay tuned. Peace.